HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and heritage. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Dylan Hoyer, a producer for Heritage Radio Network. Today we're asking, how can Black-owned businesses survive and build a stronger future? We hear from Cheryl Strauder, the owner of the Boston restaurant and catering company Soleil. Like many businesses in the hospitality industry, Cheryl's restaurant has suffered during the pandemic. I am housed within the headquarters of the Boston School Department. So I lost three revenue streams. Uh, We lost our catering, both inside of the bowling building, which is the name of the headquarters, and outside as well. So that revenue stream for catering, we just watched over the uh, preceding weeks just cancel. And rightfully so, people were not meeting in groups. Also, we saw our dine-in cancel, Uh, with the order coming from the governor, and rightfully so. People were not dining in restaurants. And then the last revenue stream for us, we have private events in the back of our restaurant. So we also saw that just fall off of our books. After temporarily closing her restaurant's doors, Cheryl found some relief in joining the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition, which aims to preserve the few gathering spaces for the city's many Black residents. Well, it it felt great. Um, First, I felt supported. So we're not going through this experience alone. The stories that we are sharing in terms of loss of of revenue was very similar. The Boston Black Hospitality Coalition is made up of a relatively small team of entrepreneurs, but represents an important segment of Boston's food and beverage establishments. In a city with more than 1,200 bars, Only eight Black-owned restaurants hold full liquor licenses. This coalition includes five of those business owners who are committed to helping one another stay afloat. So the most important steps is to sit down and see where there are common threads. And when the common threads appear, you start to look at, so what can we do as a single group that addresses the common thread? You want to see where you can sit down and then reach out for 
the greater good. You know, it's not just about Cheryl. It's not just about um, District 7 or Daryl's Corner Bar. We are all in it together. So here's a great example. This morning, I spoke with Nia Grace. She's the owner of Daryl's. And we talked about ordering together. So instead of me submitting an order to my purveyor and getting a certain price and she submitting, and we are both serving chicken, we are both serving uh, potatoes. If we are able to buy in bulk and higher volume, you get better pricing from the vendors. So we talked about that this morning. We talked about purchasing together. So that is also going to help us. So you want to look for solutions. The coalition is building momentum in the wider community as well. Through a partnership with the NAACP Boston branch, these businesses have called upon neighborhood residents, community organizers, and elected officials to provide relief to Boston's Black-owned restaurants through financial support and policy change. The things that the Black Hospitality Coalition are working on from a political arm What we are asking uh, support around from the city is some um, forgiveness around meal tax uh, because some of us have been closed. And, you know, meal taxes, um, if you're not open making money, it's kind of hard to pay them, uh, even though they're collected at the time due. You know, we're not generating capital. Um, So some of the other fees that we're really kind of looking forward to, you know, not so much just the meals tax, but say, for example, our liquor licenses, you pay for those for a year. And some of us have been closed for a few months. So again, not generating revenue, we're seeing or asking if there is some forgiveness around what's owed for our next liquor license. Although all restaurants are struggling, Black-owned businesses are being disproportionately affected by a loss of revenue. This is partly a consequence of long-standing issues that have been exacerbated by the pandemic. So what happens for Black businesses is undercapitalization. It is more challenging for Black business to walk into a bank with a business plan and three-year projections and five-year projections and say, hey, I'm looking for a loan. Uh, it becomes very difficult to get financing. So that could be because you're not collateralized enough. Uh, It could be because of a credit score. It could be because of the neighborhood that you are planning to put your restaurant in. So there are different challenges that we face. And not to say that other business owners do not, but historically, these are some of the challenges that are in front of us. You know, some businesses are able to, you know, put up a GoFundMe and raise money that way. You don't see many black businesses being capitalized, you know, by some crowdfunding uh, campaign. Discriminatory lending practices create recurring barriers for black business owners. A recent roadblock many restaurant owners faced was trying to secure funding through the federal government's payroll protection program, which distributed loans through private banks. Restaurant owners lacking a prior relationship to a bank faced a critical disadvantage in receiving government relief. Is when the PPP funding initially was announced, there was a slew of restaurants, whether or not they were black owned, they were just like, wow, that's really great, feel really supported. But then when the details came out, 
and I applied for PPP funding and did not receive it uh, in the initial round. I can say that I did receive PPP funding eventually, uh, but I had the time and the due diligence and, you know, the reports and all of the things that you needed to support your application. And sometimes, you know, minority-owned businesses or businesses that haven't had the opportunity to align themselves to have all of this data put you at a, a disproportionate uh, rate of successful completion to do these applications. The fate of Black-owned restaurants is directly tied to the financial wellness of Black communities. The restaurants that make up the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition are in large part staffed and patronized by people of color. Most of their businesses are located in Roxbury, a neighborhood that the local government calls the heart of Black culture in Boston. Our businesses are all very much within close proximity and in an African-American community. And that's very intentional. We, we care about the community. We provide jobs in the community. We provide good food to our neighbors. So most of us are in areas, one, that's also affordable. So if I were to go down to the seaport and if I were to look for a space to rent, down at Seaport or Fenway. And if you're familiar with Boston, you know, you're looking at different rent districts. If I go to Newbury Street or Boylston Street, more than likely the businesses in our coalition couldn't afford the rent. So not only are we committed to the community, we're also looking for, you know, affordable places to put our business, you know. So that's, that's why we are where we are. Because we care. We care about our community. So we land in Roxbury, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Roxbury. The purchasing power of our patrons is not as high. Do we have different incomes in Roxbury? Of course we do. But when you look at the socioeconomic status of the community, it is undercapitalized in terms of having disposable money. COVID has impacted the business end and it has impacted the customer end and what they have available to spend. Because if you're not working, then you don't have that check to go out and to purchase a meal from Nia's or Cheryl's or purchase, you know, a cocktail from Wally's or Daryl's or Savor. You know, it has impacted us tremendously. Looking into the future, Cheryl hopes to see a greater investment in Roxbury, from government officials and residents across the Boston area. As the hospitality in general rebuilds itself and you know looks for tourism to come back to Boston because that's very very popular here. What we would like to see we would like to see marketing of uh, black businesses at a city level where tourists come in and it's not only about you know the wonderful businesses in the areas that I had mentioned earlier, whether it's the Seaport or Newberry Street. We would like to be, you know, at the table of marketing our businesses to people coming in from across the country and across the world. We would like to see some loans come to us, you know, with a rate that's affordable and commensurate with, you know, how we can pay the loans back. We would like to see some grants 
we have seen in this country organizations and companies and airlines and banks just bailed out right and left. You know, we would like to see some type of financial program that supports, you know, black businesses getting a little bit stronger. And it's not about a handout. It's not about a give me. It's about some equitable funds that can be used to strengthen and grow our businesses. Although the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition plans to keep their attention focused locally for the time being, Cheryl hopes consumers everywhere can get behind their mission. If you know of black businesses in your neighborhood, uh, in the communities that you are in, that you try to support them, you know, buy a meal for yourself, buy a meal for your neighbor. Um, If you are a talented person in the area of marketing or in the area of finance and you see something that you can share, you know, if it's not necessarily your services, it might be a comment, it might be an idea, it might be a suggestion that a black business owner can say, well, thank you for that suggestion. Let me, you know, either implement it or research it. You know, just just be in a position to talk to black business owners because clearly we don't have all the answers, but we're trying the best we can. And for operators in other cities who are looking to find support through collective organizing, Cheryl has this advice. Uh, The first thing I would say is patience because this work is not easy. Uh, Endurance. Uh, because the road is long, and um, conversation. In order to to have a coalition, you have to have people who will work constantly on the mission and not be in it just for their own individual uh, reasons. You know, it's about a collaboration. It's about what's best for a group of businesses. Yes, we all have individual businesses and we all have challenges within our businesses, some very similar and some difficult, but you have to look at, it's, it's a, a sacrifice. It's what would be the best thing for the group of businesses and what do you look at where you can get the most bang for your buck? What politicians do you speak with? You know, most recently we spoke with... Um, Uh, Senator Markey, and, you know, what political connections do you have? It's a lot of work. Coming together and doing the work requires time. So you you got to put in your time. To learn more about the Boston Black Hospitality Coalition, visit blackhospitalityco.com or find the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Big Food Question. Stick around to hear what makes our show possible. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and heritage. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of small farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, They strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for being the number one importer of Swiss Gruyere in the United States, in addition to many other specialty cheeses, including premium Kaltbach cave-age cheeses, Appenzeller, Tete de Moine, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. 
Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to Cheryl Strotter. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey. This episode's executive producer was me, Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by the Humanities New York CARES Grant, with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.